Back on the Exit 52 podcast, it is Friday, December 8th, currently recording this, uh, Thursday, December 7th, a day which will live in infamy. And all my Pearl Harbor veterans that are listening to this, we thank you for your service. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined, as always, by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz, here to preview this Rams game. How are we doing? Doing quite well. I We talked on Jumbo Set. I have not been able to sleep last night. Was up to like four thirty. Had my yoga. I've been talking about that lately. In the morning, is that and is so, that just like jacking you up? I, I I think the yoga might be doing something to you. It's really keeping you awake. Uh no, the yoga brings me down. The yoga like chills me out. Like I have not been aggro at all today. So that aspect, I think it helps with. But I slept really long yesterday. And then this morning I fell asleep at like 4.30 and woke up for at 8.30 to go to yoga and I hit the buzzer twice and I was like, I'm not going. When I fell asleep, I was like, I'm not going. And then I hit the second time I woke up at 8.50, about 25 minutes before I had to be in the class and was like, I actually feel fine. Like I opened my eyes all the way and was like, mm, yeah, I'm fine. Like I didn't have some weird sinus feeling or like any of that weird stuff. So I've been cruising, had a nice yoga sesh, hit the sauna. Got a coffee in after that, waited a couple hours for the coffee, and then had a pretty pretty slow day for the most part. Did some stuff the last couple hours, but yeah, feeling okay, feeling all right. Excited to have Ravens football back. How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. I actually got some decent sleep last night. Got to sleep at like midnight. Did a little uh, did a little reading, you know, slowed it down a little bit. It's just I'm fucking addicted to Baldur's Gate 3, man. I, for anyone who has been tweeting at me about it, great, great game. It's just absolutely got its hooks in me. It's keeping me up. And it's tough, man. But we're we're getting through it. Getting getting. Are you just like thinking about it throughout the day? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I have to like discipline myself. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna knock out four hours of work. I'm gonna get my laundry done. I'm gonna do the podcast, and then we're going back to it. And then we got surviving barstool going on. We're following that pretty religiously. Me, you, and Eric. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, been a lot going on. What what a plight that I have to deal with here. My camera, I can't get it connected to Streamyard. That's why I got this. Uh, the, the default Mac one, and I look. Uh, I got a little bit of a Unabomber vibe going on here. There's a lot going on. But uh, I, I don't think you have a Unabomber vibe. I also just reached a new octave. I don't know that anyone's ever hit before. Yeah, that was kind of that was a little Romo there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no things are uh, things are good. We're we're back. We're rolling. We're uh, we're back in the swing of uh, Ravens football, which good feeling. We were just discussing before we got going here, getting our typical weather talk in. We usually save that for the pod because it's the most compelling conversation that we have. But uh, yeah, no things are uh, things are solid. They certainly are, and football's back in the air when you know it's a rainy Sunday in Baltimore. 100% chance of rain now, and doing my best to help facilitate any tickets on Twitter so that you can save on fees if you're looking to sell, if you're looking to buy. Come to my Twitter. I'm a little marketplace, my own little marketplace there, trying to help people wheel and deal, save fees, pack the bank, make the bank great again, all that good stuff. And yeah, West Coast team coming to town that is fighting, clawing, scraping for their playoff lives. Six and six Rams had to take on the nine and three Baltimore Ravens that vaunted West Coast to East Coast one o'clock trip in the rain. We've got a dome team. And when you go look up Matt Stafford's splits, I guess to start outside, worse than inside, that's pretty much every quarterback, I feel like. Probably pretty much every quarterback. Especially the guys that play inside more consistently. Like he's played in a dome his whole career. Correct. And was a Georgia guy. So wasn't, you know, fighting the adverse conditions down there in sunny old Georgia. So with that in mind, 
Against the AFC, a much worse passer rating, a much worse record. A lot of the AFC teams are also outdoors. And when you spoil it down to or filter it down to AFC teams on the road outdoors, not too great in his career. Did come beat the Ravens last time he played here, last time the Rams were here. But that was a debilitated, broken, beaten, and damned Ravens team. Odell Beckham scored a go-ahead touchdown there towards the end of that one and put the Ravens away. Was it a touchdown? Yeah, it was. It was on yeah, it was they had they had him on a fourth down and they they couldn't stop him. And then I think he scored uh maybe a little bit after that. That was yeah, that was the the nadir of that season, I think. Now that we're removed from that a couple of years, really impressive stretch to think back of how closely they played them, the Packers that were really good that year, a couple other teams. Really impressive that that just disheveled unit was able to to stay in those games and at least make them entertaining. And for all the kind of ho-humming we've done about Harbaugh, that is the one thing I always come back to. Like, the dude doesn't get blown out. The dude keeps you in games week to week. His process keeps you at that C-level of we're in it, they always are competing for the game. They always are competing for the playoffs. And that's why, uh, you know, we can save this for another episode. We can get into it a little bit. But that's why it's just so tough to walk away from him when he keeps you always in that spot. It's warm, comfy, roof over your head as an organization. And to go into the, the dark unknown from that takes some cojones. And I know a lot of Ravens fans do want that move. I think it's really, I think Ravens fans as a whole, from my read of Twitter and listeners and things like that, I think most people are pretty much ready to move on from Harbaugh. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I think you and I are. There used to be a pretty even split. Yeah. For no, a, a I, long time. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, I think Mike McDonald is a big part of that. I think you and I even have started to put our, our foot into that camp even a little bit and we're as big of a, a Harbaugh podcast as there has been but uh yeah certainly certainly there a little bit but it's almost like i i don't know man you, you make some good points there it's like having a 401k like man it would be nice if i didn't have to deduct this and i could go spend this on whatever else or even like you know try to invest it in something a little more high risk and make myself a little bit more immediate money but no you just you take that you know however much uh that is deducted out you maybe you get a little match it's peace of mind for the future that's what it is just nice and safe you know with john you're waking up every day, you're brewing a pot of coffee, you're taking the trash out, you're doing your chores. Um, sometimes, I mean, I, I know I've used the analogy of them not being able to tie their, their shoes at times, so maybe maybe they're not tying their shoes all the time, maybe they're not making their bed all the time. But, Shirt's not always ironed. Yeah, no, maybe you're walking in there with your Van Husing Traveler shirt, you're 23 years old, walking into the firm, a little bit of a wrinkle and crinkle in that shirt, uh, you're showing your uh, your greenness a little bit. But yeah, no, it's just overall, yeah, you're, you're right, that they are competitive in pretty much every single game. And uh, you, you can't take that for granted. As much as, you know, maybe you look at the new shiny object with a McDonald or maybe even a Weaver, there is a lot of security in John. And he's still, for a guy that's 61, like, he's about my dad's age. And let me tell you, he has he has a lot more energy, uh, at least visibly, than old Andre Luke does at times. Not to Not to, you know, shout him out. I think it's an anomaly for his age. It is. It comes with the the Harbaugh family. I think it's in the uh, the old gene pool there. I can tell you slept well. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, you it feel was, good, don't you? I do feel. I do feel pretty solid. I feel. I uh, feel okay. Like I said, you know, get, it took a nice hot bath last night. I know you're not a fan of baths, but you know, I, I maybe. I'm a shower it. bath guy. I'll lay down in a nice shower. Yeah, that's fine. I like that. But uh, yeah, just get a nice, uh, nice soak in there. That uh, that'll calm me down too. Maybe maybe a cup of tea, two or three bags. 
get a little reading in and that, that'll shut your shut your brain off a little bit. Speaking of a cup of tea, I guess to navigate back to this Rams offense, Kyron Williams to me My guy. has been Sean McVay's cup of tea. In games with Kyron Williams, I did see a split, particularly to running the ball. If you go look at the two Cardinals games, Kyron Williams has run for just has run amok on the Arizona Cardinals. And if you go take a look at those, the Cardinals, the Ravens did have a little tiny bit of trouble running the ball on them. They got it going a little bit in the second half there. But Kyron Williams against the Arizona Cardinals has conjured up 24, excuse me, he has 36 carries for 301 yards. That is 8.36 yards a clip and has three total touchdowns against the Cardinals. And I'm not, I, I hate doing this, but I do think it's interesting when it is one team. I hate when someone looks at like, oh, if you take out Jonathan Taylor's big run, uh, you know, he only had, you know, 100 yards or whatever. But when you remove those, hasn't run for, uh, you know, better than five, hasn't run for four and a half yards of carry in a game uh, through the first five games there when he was healthy. He averaged 3.8 yards a carry, 77 carries for 298 yards. Nice short yardage back those things. But the games he did miss were 17 points, 20 points, 3 points, and 16 points. And this is a little causation isn't correlation, but they go ahead and lose three of those games out of, I think, five without Kyron Williams. And their offensive DVOA with him, maybe it does have to do with the Cardinals a little, of course, but DVOA factors opponent anyway. That's why we love it and always have. 40% DVOA, number one in football. And without him, it is minus 18, which is 29th. And I think it's so interesting because McVay, and not alone, obviously Les Snead is the GM, but they give Gurley that huge contract. That doesn't pan out. They move on quickly. They get Sony Michelle. They draft Cam Akers really high, tears his AC or uh, Achilles, and kind of derailed his career after. He looked so good before that. Looked so, so good. And then has just been floating around and finally gets a guy that it looks like makes that offense go a little bit. Uh, Puka Nakua, you know, those other guys too. But yeah, Kyron Williams, your boy. And definitely from what I've seen is a very effective short yardage runner, power runner, and just no fucking nonsense. Like I'm trying to think of the right comp for him of who comes to mind as a runner. I mean, honestly, like a little bit of Gus Edwards. I don't know. They're not like the same size or anything, but just goes to the right gap. Does what he's supposed to do, picks up a first down. He doesn't, you know, blow you away, but just pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds. I think he might be what we wanted your guy, uh, Jake Funk, to be in that offense. Yeah, exactly. Efficient runner. And for everything that he wasn't in the 40 yard dash, and I, I I'm gonna be honest, I did not get to watch as much tape at all as I typically like to on the Rams. Uh miscalibrated today a little bit, had some some things going on with some t-shirt orders. If you want one, DM me. Things like that. But I do know that at Notre Dame and from what I've seen of him watching highlights, things like that, incredible in pass pro. Awesome pass pro back, which makes you a three down back. He's a nice pass catcher. Doesn't have long speed. Um, not, I would say he's kind of like a Najee Harris, but in a smaller package and a little more efficient biomechanically. Like He can do it all. He's good to go. He's fine. And just ran a slow 40, and that doesn't really matter. If you don't have a fifth gear, you don't have one. If you can do everything else, you're – a good player. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the RBSDM right now. Passing and rushing efficiency uh, combined since week 10, so like last month or so, they're among the best in the league. They're like top five with Dolphins 
Packers are sort of in there. Cowboys uh, and 49ers are kind of leading the pack by a significant stretch. But, I mean, they're rushing it efficiently or a little more efficiently than even the Ravens are by just a little bit. And then passing, it's uh, fairly significant. So, you know, I think Puka Nakua does have a lot to do with that. But, I mean, Kyron Williams helping that rushing game uh, get going. And to that end, like, I haven't really watched a ton of them. I watched them pretty closely last week when they were facing off with Flacco and there was division uh, kind of, you know, there was division import with that uh, with that game with the Ravens. So, you know, following that game pretty closely, I mean, they looked pretty damn explosive, and that's a good Browns defense, as we very well know. So uh, I think the, the Ravens might have their hands full here a little bit if the weather doesn't get too out of hand. I agree. Uh, Cooper Cup hasn't even been healthy this whole year. He doesn't look like himself, and he might be getting towards being himself a little bit more from that ankle injury and all the things that have accumulated on him in that sense. And one of the things, I think Matt Stafford's playing some good football. When you go look at things like his, uh, the composite on RBSDM, the CPOE and EPA composite, not great. EPA is not great necessarily. The CPOE is negative, things like that. But when you go look at him getting the ball out quickly, he, that is so much of what he was able to do against the Browns and negate their pass rush. It felt like a very Brady-esque ability to just wipe absolutely wipe the opponent's pass rush out and having those smart receivers, Puka Nakua, so smart, Tutu Atwell, someone I, d- I did like a lot in the draft, uh, hasn't really been living up to that billing necessarily. But when you go look at less than five seconds uh, on PFF, Matt Stafford has not really blown you away, but just kind of moves the ball down the field. They play some defense, um, really – not mobile at all anymore. He used to have kind of that tough mobility where it wasn't, you know, a viable option necessarily, but has been able to navigate himself through phases of his career and arrive as an older quarterback now and someone with a Super Bowl championship with 50,000 passing yards in his career. And you see him getting that ball out quick. I mean, last week, 2.42 seconds, 2.5 seconds the week before that, held the ball a little bit against Seattle, had some struggles there. 2.6, 2.6, 2.3, 2.2. Those are all going to have you on the weekly leaders. And 2.6 overall is about average, but really two outlier games there uh, that that are weighing that down. So against a Ravens defense that likes to simulate pressure, that likes to toy with dropping guys off, it's going to be an interesting battle. And I think when you get the ball out quickly, that means that a lot of the game is played after the catch, right? That means that a lot of it is fighting for yards, and the Ravens just aren't a defense you want to do that with. Roquan Smith on our buddy Jack Settlement's uh, punchline pod today with Marlon Humphrey saying that you know we're 11 guys that aren't superstars, but we want to claw your face off. And what do we keep talking about? Hamilton, Queen, Roquan Smith, Geno Stone can get down and dirty. Marlon Humphrey coming back healthy for this one, full t- participant, said he's good to go. Uh, Justin Matabike, Clowney, Owe. Those guys come downhill. Those guys fight and claw and scratch and want to be mighty physical. Roquan Smith might lead the league in like friendly fire too. He has rocked PQ and Geno Stone like eight times this year trying to bring ball carriers down. He does not care one bit. So I just don't know if there's enough juice in this offense getting the ball out quickly and hurting them in that way. Yeah, he uh, he really does. He really is Roquan Leotardo there, and he might have. Uh, it, there might have been some redemption there for our guy, who you were, uh, you and a couple other people were maybe picking some nits on the uh, the video there that the Ravens are this 
great defense without any superstars. That was a uh, that was catching some traction there, and maybe not in the right ways for some people. It certainly isn't. And Kyle, I mean, I was a little hesitant to say this, but honestly, the he's not he's still not a national superstar. Like Kyle Hamilton is a well known player, but he's still not a national superstar. But he's playing at a superstar level. Um, it's hard to get. I mean, it's hard to get there with NFL. Like it's way easier in like basketball. As or, a as a young safety that doesn't have a lot of interceptions, like Deron Bland is a household name, right? Like borderline. If you're an NFL fan, you know who Deron Bland is. Well, yeah, that's the and, thing. Like Trevon Diggs. I I would ever a lot of people know who Trevon Diggs is probably, but like you know, does his overall play warrant that? Maybe not necessarily. He's a good player, but you know, very very turnover splash play dependent, and that is what's going to get you the headlines. Exactly. Exactly. And so him, Smith, Queen, those guys leading that unit in terms of funneling to the middle of the field and then punching you in the face. The last game we saw them play against the team from L.A., they just lined them up and rock them, sock them, roboted the ball out two times and stripped to sack them, a bunch of stuff there. So this defense has its identity. They're confident in the way they want to play, and I just don't know. Like, what did it take for a team to blow them up and the Browns did only score 24 points. One of those was a defensive touchdown. But to blow them up, you have to out-hit them. You have to run through contact. And I just don't see that happening with the Ravens coming off of a bye, coming off of a long week before that. And their goals before them, they seem very in-step, in-tune, in-line. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Stafford as well, eight turnover-worthy plays has not had two turnover-worthy plays in a game since week two against the 49ers, who obviously present challenges. Uh, he has thrown two picks twice, but I'm assuming one of those was tipped or dropped or something like that. Uh, not putting the ball in danger, getting the ball out quick. That sounds like a recipe to hang around, but I just don't know where the offensive juice comes from in this one for the Rams. Yeah, and I think it it almost like... I, I do have to give a lot of credit to uh, your guy there, uh, Sean McVay. I feel like he's, he's another dude who's just always going to be in it. This was supposed to be a lost year for them again I mean I know last year was tough and Stafford in mid injured but this was another one where we were going into it and people were like man like it it, it might be over for this uh this all-in Rams thing like you know they they spent it they went out and they just racked up the credit card debt they got Stafford they got their ring so everything's everything's okay but man they're still just they're still just kind of hanging in there like you said six and six really fighting for their playoff lives and you see it uh in their play every week I mean they they had to scratch and claw against like I said a good Browns team and uh, they came out with the win there. And I think a lot of it does go into what did we talk about with Brad, with good drafting. When you go all in on that kind of stuff, you have to hit on a Puka Nakua in the fourth round, and you've got to hit on a Kyron Williams, and you know, you've got to have a good foundation with your coaching staff. It seems like they're doing all of that. Most certainly. And I guess to kind of look around the rest of that Rams offense, Rob Havenstein, Kevin Dotson has been a star for them. Speaking of physicality, I uh, talked about him, I think, on this podcast. One of the most confounding decisions that has gone completely under the radar to me was Kevin Dotson being traded from the Steelers watching tape of him the last couple years against the Ravens and just in general ultra physical just glass eater that is technically good enough to be a really good player is a number two guard in the NFL according to PFF have big time blocks for pro football focus I think he or excuse me for sports info solutions I think he was number four in all of the NFL uh, he has been an absolute stalwart uh, next to Rob Havenstein there. The rest of their offensive line, that's why Stafford has to get the ball out. Jackson, Avila, Shelton there, struggling mightily. 
tons of pressures allowed, pressure rate, all that kind of stuff, not really moving bodies. Uh, so I think it'll be a tough, tough game. And Kevin Dotson going to have to put on a, a sh- absolute show for them to run the ball effectively, do some of those things. Uh, we did skip over, I guess, kind of maybe reading through the uh, what have yous of the lines and things of that nature. Ravens are seven and a half point favorites as we are recording over under at 40 and a half and a couple other housekeeping things. I guess the Rams run the Rams throw the ball 61% of the time offensively and while Kyron Williams has had a nice workload. They kind of just keep him in and 20, 25 rushing plays is not that much. You usually run 50, 60, 70 plays in the NFL. So Rams like to throw it, like to throw quick and Puka Nakua, man. I mean, one of the for for someone who's a day three rookie, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that has been as productive and in tune and looking like a veteran. Uh, fantasy football, like blowing the world up earlier this year and, and had a huge game last week, too. So um, interesting team, interesting offense. Excited to see the McVay show come here. You know how I feel about McVay. Oh, yeah, I very much so. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, listen, he, born on third base, but. Also, maybe he hit a triple at the same time. It might be a uh, little bit, little bit of a, a Schrodinger's McVay. But I mean, like health wise, Nakua questionable, Tyler Higby questionable. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't play. I haven't seen anything on Twitter that would indicate otherwise. They're healthy otherwise. That like completely. They are quite healthy. They are quite healthy. Banged up guys, but healthy. Uh, being able to be on the field. Yeah, so. I guess Cup is starting, and he's he's been banged up all year. So he has. So what do you do to? exploit this Ravens defense. I mean, man, they, they sort really well against trips and against kind of those three level concepts. I I just, I don't know. I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to conjure up more than 20 points. Like 20 points would be a really strong day at the office for this Rams team on the road at 10 AM outdoors in the rain. That would be winning football for the Los Angeles Rams, in my opinion. Um, And, I don't know. They just, and to be, to be honest, you, you nailed them. You were super high on them in our preseason predictions. I uh, do think they'll probably sneak into the playoffs here. They have some, some fun games coming up, but I thought they were going to be terrible. And I think probably the, the X factor is Matt Stafford's health while we're talking about health and that guy will keep you in games. He's one of them. He's one of those, uh, the, 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 is Matt Stafford a hall of famer? He's kind of, you know, blown. He, he's kind of like, I wouldn't say a tier, but maybe like a rung and a half above a Flacco, but he's been doing it for longer now and won a Super Bowl in a more relevant way, I want to say. I don't I don't know why I want to say that, but just an interesting career and a guy we haven't seen too often against this Baltimore Ravens team. Yeah, it kind of it's funny. Like he almost uh and for anyone that listened to Forgotten Dynasty, like he uh he pretty much completed the Burt Jones arc. Because Burt Jones was in Baltimore with the Colts, super talented guy out of LSU, has amazing talent. Belichick, I think a couple of years ago, called him like the most talented quarterback he had ever worked with. And a lot of people had never even heard of him at that point because uh, it had been like 40 years or whatever. But, you know, he got in a feud, feud with the owner and the organization was just bad to him over the course of, you know, whatever, six, seven, eight years. And he requested a trade to the Rams. Funny enough, right when Georgia Frontier took over. But his injuries just they had piled up so much that he wasn't able to uh, go on and win the Super Bowl, as was kind of his stated goal going to L.A., and uh, Stafford makes the same move to the same team, and he does go on and kind of complete that career arc. So, like, yeah, to that point, like, I thought going 
into this year, you know, I was high on them as a team, but it was very much the idea that like, man, if like, if it doesn't work out with this guy and he's like still battling injuries and his head's just not there, maybe he just plays out the string and then retires and it's over. But no, man, he's, he's hung in there. He's been a gamer his whole career going all the way back to Georgia. And he was, you know, on a lot of really bad lions teams and just kind of always puts it all, all on the line, plays very physical when he, you know, runs the ball, he tucks his head a lot and, you know, dives for uh, dives for touchdowns and stuff like that. I've always really enjoyed watching him. So yeah, it'll be fun to see him come here again. I remember, you know, when they would play the Lions every four years, he came here and they played a, a weird game against Flacco in 2017. I remember that one. And then obviously there's been some uh, some other ones there. I don't know. I don't I don't think he was there for the uh, the penalty game when the when the Ravens went to Detroit. But uh, yeah, always, always interesting to go up against old Matty Stafford. It certainly is, and has that all time highlight of him breaking the ribs, throwing the touchdown at the end of the game, and trotting back out on the field and just being like. Ah! <laughs> and collapsing yeah uh definitely tough as nails no uh, who hate who hates matt stafford i feel like he might be one of the more universally likable athletes his wife i know has stirred up some controversy <laughs> of her own and things like that but well he stafford had the thing is, too with the parade last year where he was maybe maybe a couple a couple tequilas deep there and that lady like fell in front of him and he just kind of was like oh i'm getting out of here uh and i think he he caught some flack for that but yeah like it, it, you know if that's the worst that you're dealing with there, like, you know, yeah, pretty likable guy overall, I think. I, I certainly agree. So McVeigh, I expect in this game to want to continue that trend of getting the football out. Um, they take some shots to Tutu Atwell a little bit. I just, I just don't know. I don't, I don't see this being a great day for the Rams offense with a fresh Ravens defense coming down the horn. I guess I flip over to the other side of the football here. The Raheem Morris-led Rams defense, uh, very modern defense, extremely. And speaking of that roster construction you brought up, they have had a ridiculous amount of UDFAs and UDFAs on their roster and late-round picks and a lot of that quiet sliding that they've done around. We'll go around the personnel in a little bit. But just looking at what this defense likes to do, they like to disguise coverage. They don't disguise coverage on only 39.3% of pass snaps, which is a lower rate than the Ravens, who also disguise a lot of coverage. They love to disguise coverage from, it looks like, where was it? From open to close. So they do like to go too high into robber and cover three and things like that which I think is the best thing you can do against the Ravens in their current form. I do think that is, if that's your fastball against Lamar Jackson, you're going to take away some of the quick stuff. You're going to be able to fit the run a touch better, and you're going to ask him to hold the ball for a split second longer and put the ball over top probably a fair amount. So um, expect to see a good bit of that. On the back end there, in terms of those safeties that they have, they have John Johnson, and they also have Jordan Fuller, who have been playing all right. They've been playing okay. John Johnson, such a tumultuous stint with the Browns, just did not work at all, and looks a little bit more like his old self from what I'd seen. Uh, and then on the outside there as well, they've got Akello Witherspoon, who Ravens fans are familiar with, and then Darion Kendrick, who's been okay. Their, their secondary on paper is probably one of the lesser groups in the NFL, but... Guys that play within, you know, they play with their skis under them. They don't really expect those guys to be great. Uh, they don't ask them to do too much. They do have also 
Russ Yeast, who's a safety that's been playing a lot of the primary nickel there, uh, who probably is a weak link there. So I'm looking for linebackers and nickels and safeties, Ernest Jones they have in the middle, as well as Troy Reader. I think that's where the Ravens want to try and pick this team apart a little bit uh, with that nickel base that we'll see a ton from Raheem Morris. Uh, nickel base is not the same thing, but that nickel defense the Rams like to play in a ton. So Raheem Morris, obviously a great pairing with McVay, and it feels like this team is a product of not turning the football over and not, like I said, getting out over their skis defensively. They've got Aaron Donald. They don't have a ton of other, what we just heard Brad Spielberger use, force multipliers. They don't have, you know, flashy outside edge rushers. Uh, they have been beaten, you know, pretty damn badly a couple times. A couple teams have gotten the better of them there. But it just feels like a team that's really trying to limit mistakes on both sides of the football. Yeah, and that's where we come back to the whole idea of good coaching, bringing you a high floor when you don't have super talented players necessarily. Obviously, Donald's still very much in the mix. John Harbaugh kind of heaping praise on him. Uh, and, you know, obviously you, uh, you've you compared him and Justin Matabike a ton. So that's uh, huge for him to, to get that comparison, come to Baltimore, play against the guy who he's probably taken so much from uh, over the years. So that's great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at the other side of the uh, EPA per play thing, they're actually, in the last four weeks, they're outpacing the Ravens in both categories, only a little bit uh, in per pass, and then rush EPA per play. Ravens are actually way down there uh, over the last couple of weeks. I'm not totally sure what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, Rams kind of, you know, they're, they're in a similar spot as far as their EPA per play on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, an interesting uh, interesting matchup, and I'm interested to also see how the weather plays a factor in that because, like you mentioned, like Dome – uh, the whole dome conversation, we tend to have that around quarterbacks a lot, but I think it probably also has a factor with defense, especially like when you get a home field advantage in a dome, you got to think the noise is pumping, maybe some artificial noise is pumping, not to throw any accusations out there. This is all alleged, uh, but I don't know. Coming to an environment like this, we'll see how that defense holds up. Most certainly, and it's going to be wet out there. So having the right cleats, having all that stuff, going to play a factor 100%. Uh, I've gone on enough cleat diatribes. I'm an idiot. Uh, the Rams have really not gotten shellacked this year, except for the Cowboys. I misread one of their Seahawks games. They won 30 to 13. I thought they got beat 30 to 13. Um, so yeah, they've kept it home for the most part. Looks like they haven't allowed more than 20 points since that Cowboys game on October 29th. Uh, have the bye week since then and haven't exactly played the electric factory between the Cardinals, Browns, and Seahawks, who. Uh, Seahawks are maybe like the most frustrating team in the NFL, I feel like. But the Rams have played over their skis, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Weather going to be a factor, and I don't know. I, I don't know what the Rams are going to be able to do offensively, but I just feel like this is a game where Mark Andrews is down, and like I said, they don't have that looming presence at linebacker or in the slot or off the edge, really. So I just want to see who's going to take over for the Ravens. Zay Flowers, you know, what, what are the Ravens going to do coming out of the bye? The, the rain and the wind and all that kind of fucking bullshit is going to dictate that a little bit. But, man, I mean, who's keeping up with Keaton Mitchell? I basically just described that they don't have athletes that are standing out. They don't have a Kyle Hamilton. They don't have a, I don't know, a Javon Holland that can kind of erase things on the back end and go hunt guys down. They don't have Fred Warner. Um, no, no force multipliers. So who's it going to be? Gus Bus fresh has taken the largest workload of his career thus far and now gets to spin a little bit after in that chargers game. I, I, I feel like 
they didn't want to use him. I feel like they were trying to get him into the bye healthy, something like that, and thought they could beat that Chargers team. But Isaiah likely has looked stronger, better, faster after the catch. Keaton Mitchell, Zay Flowers, obviously. And when's Rashad Bateman going to get his speed back? I mean, maybe it's not fully this year, but if not now, following this long time off, when did miss practice with an illness? But I feel like that's kind of whatever, you know. You mentioned the middle of the field stuff that kind of and what have we talked about the last couple of weeks that and people having their frustrations with the fact that they're not, uh, you know, attacking the perimeter a ton that spells a little bit of Nelson Aguilar to me like we don't I feel like we don't even talk about him a ton in these previews, but you know, he's just been quietly very productive. We also love he's we might be the most positive on Nelson Aguilar of anyone that covers the rape i think yeah easily but yeah like we we talk about him in the context of like after games when he like makes all these plays on third down he moves the chains he scores some touchdowns here and there it's always like oh yeah hey like there's nelson aguilar like he kind of like he tends to get lost in a shuffle weirdly which if this were a year ago two years ago he would probably be the number one receiver on this team which is crazy to think about but yeah it's just he's just a guy who quietly just makes plays week in and week out. And like, when you're talking about this middle of the field stuff, it feels like that's where a lot of his hay is being made. So, you know, maybe the, the sun won't shine, but he will be making hay against this Rams defense that struggles to cover the middle of the field. Certainly. And I think that the Rams are, Raheem Morris has them in a, mo- like I said, a, mo- a modern defense. When you go look at blitz rates, sim pressure, stuff like that, pretty lockstep with the Ravens. They blitz a good bit more than the Ravens, 37% to the Ravens, 30%. Uh, they don't blitz against the run, really. That's They, they kind of are stagnant against the run. Could see them having some trouble there. They sim pressure at almost the exact same rate, a tenth of a point off. They do stunt. They do stunt a lot on pass plays, 29%. 29.9 to 29.8 and the sim pressure. So both sim pressure and stunting within a tenth of a point of how frequently the Ravens do it. So this is... Two defenses to a degree that you're familiar with the structure in some ways. The stunts aren't exactly the same. The pressures are a little bit different. And I would say that McDonald is a little bit more dubious in the number of players he'll include in those sim pressures. But they got good bones. Like, they got good bones. And when we talked about these NFC teams, we talked about the Lions and the Seahawks that kind of line up and play. And that's not the Rams. So uh, I, I think this is just... I guess to kind of summarize this game and, and get to it, this is the are, who's going to fuck up game. Like, are the Rams going to make mistakes offensively? Are the Ravens going to make mistakes defensively? Two things that haven't really happened a ton. Uh, the Rams are very careful. The Ravens' defense is very sound. Then on the other side, the Ravens' offense has been a little iffy, and the Rams' defense hasn't. So uh, a lot of factors in this one, a very interesting matchup. And again, I didn't get to watch a lot of tapes. This is a little bit more of a data analysis and numbers and things like that. But I don't know. This is a weird, very weird game, especially factoring in the weather. So I don't know how I feel about this one at all. And I think you need just somebody other than Lamar Jackson to step up here. And Lamar Jackson does miss practice today with an illness. Everybody, you know, whatever, whatever. The chicken Alfredo from the gas station just can't fucking help himself this time of year it's so warm and bubbly and delicious and she gives him the bubble guts but i don't know i don't know how to feel i feel weird about this one yeah i agree i don't know i just like i have visions of puka nakua just dancing through the middle of defenses all throughout the year every every time i watch red zone that guy's coming up and doing something cooper cup-esque he's kind of looked like uh looked like cup at his best in that regard they've had him fill that role pretty well so 
I don't know, man. Like, it, it definitely just feels like these these Rams, they just find a way to stay in games week in and week out like we've talked about with the Ravens. And the weather, uh, you know, you could say that it would favor a, a rushing team, but like we said, both these teams rush the ball pretty well. So on paper, I, I feel like this could be kind of a close one. How, how are you leaning here? The weather is the ultimate... Uh, man, just classic me blanking on words that I want to use that are probably too big for my little brain. The ultimate even, it evens everything out. Equalizer is what Whatever. we're going for there. Shout there we to, go. Uh, Golly, man. Good thing. I've, I'm so lucky to have you. You've, you're really on point with whatever I'm trying to say and can never get my mouth to do. No, you're fine. You the just got to get more sleep. Let's maybe smoke a little weed, you know, take a melatonin, drink some tea, do a shot of whiskey as you were doing before. And let's, uh, let's get to let's, any in the house. I've, I've polished off all of my whiskey, which is maybe why my brain is not functioning. Let's, let's correctly. call it 1030 tonight. All right. Light, lights out, <laughs> turn the, turn the call map on, get the, the white noise going and just lights all the way out. 10, 1030 happens maybe four times a year. Okay. Well, the year's almost Especially. over. I'm sure you've got some left in the tank to use. We'll see what we can. Uh, there's football on tonight. There's football on. Yeah, tonight. you're right. Jason? This is this is a Crazy. this is this is a marquee matchup. You got me there. This is going to be a, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Ravens' number one competition for the the division right now. You you think I don't want to? You think I don't want to watch? That's I'm ex, I'm pumped up for this game. I got like eleven props in play. I'm dialed in on that. You gotta I, send you gotta send me some. Skip. I got I got I got to play some three dollar yos tonight. And I, you know it, it's it hasn't been going great on the gambling front. I've been pretty dry. So send me some picks. I'll send you some picks. Pat Fryermuth over receptions, longest reception. Juju over yards. Chris Boswell over field goals. And I also like Pickens and Deontay Johnson both to lead that game in total scrimmage yards because the juice is crazy on those. Plus 1,300, plus 1,400 on FanDuel. I, I love that. Najee Harris is out. Ramondre Stevenson is out. It basically leaves Zeke and Jalen Warren as their primary – or no, excuse me, Najee's hurt but playing um, – that's their primary competition. Patriots really good run defense. This is going to be my this final, gonna, final my picks. Final my picks on Pressbox online. I'm gonna, yeah, go go check that out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out myself, and I'll do my my Christopher Moltisanti uh, positive visualization parlay. When Chrissy uh, Chrissy has a light bag for Pauly. Who who did who, what, what was it? Oregon who took Chrissy? Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's either like it's it's some kind of like West Coast team that there's no fucking it's like way. USC, I think it was USC. Yeah, actually. like in two thousand and like two or whatever. There's absolutely no way he's like finding that on TV and like staying up to watch it. But uh, you know, it's his no. busy season. It is his busy season. So with that, I mean, we can we can lay down some little predickies here, I suppose. Um, I want to see this be Keaton Mitchell. I want okay. this to be the Keaton Mitchell game in the rain. He's an East Coast boy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went to Carolina. He went to ECU. Where's he from? He's from Georgia. Eh, it yeah. rains in Georgia. Was he? It wouldn't shock me if he was born in this area, which is kind of weird to think about. But who knows? He was born in McDonough, Georgia in 2002. Okay. So I, I don't mm. know if Anthony was still uh. at the Ravens at the time. Uh. Yeah, that's that's tough. I don't, I don't like that one. Yeah, I think Hamilton's 0-1. Hamilton's Hamilton is an iPad baby through and through. So maybe uh, he is too. Yeah. Something like that. So I want to see this be the Keaton Mitchell game. I want to see this be the Isaiah likely game. Huh? I've picked a Ravens win in every preview. Yeah. The fact that this is just dawning on you is kind of interesting. Cause I, I thought that I had had, I've really done the same for the most part the last couple of years, but I did pick that Bengals loss, which turned out to be a win. 
you picked i think you've picked probably t- you said the steelers game i think no i so it's funny i remember that prediction vividly i was like everything points to this being a game where something weird could happen and the steelers could knock them off their rhythm but i'm not gonna do it i believe in this team being good enough to overcome these mistakes what happens but it's okay, it's okay. Listen, they've taken care of business since then, so it's fine. But at the time, you know, that's just kind of, that's what I was, that, that Colts game, that Steelers game, I was like, are we doing this again? For another year, we're doing this. And turned out they weren't, to their credit. But at the time, yes. I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride. I'm going to keep riding. The factors at B are a Dome West Coast team outside at 10 a.m. And those are the trends you want to play. Seven and a half is the spread. Hmm. So Vegas thinks it's going to be, what, 24-17-ish? Right around there, 23-16-ish, depending on who covers, who doesn't. Three touchdowns. Mm. Fucking weather, just the weather, I hate it. I hate that part of it. I'll go with my gut here, and I'm going to say the Ravens win but do not cover. And this Rams team that is really, really, really fighting their absolute tails off. The home field advantage for the Ravens outside of the weather shouldn't be too, too strong. I'm going to go Ravens a clean 21. Rams 18. It's interesting you said that. I had 20 to 18 on the mind. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go Ravens. Yeah, Ravens win 20 to 18. I think this weather, you know, you can talk about it all you want for these dome teams, but the Ravens, you know, they, they probably don't play. Well, I just like- made the most Trump. I think I just made the most Donald Trump gesture possible. If you go replay that, I just puckered my lips too. I went, that was pretty deep. That was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty Trump-esque there. That was, wow, that was crazy. But if you're not watching on YouTube, go like, subscribe, check it out. I, I just did a Shane Gillis, basically. Yeah, it was a little Jordan Belfort flourish there. Just What what just crossed my mind that made me Trump out was Justin Tucker hears everyone. He hears all this shit. Justin Tucker knows what everyone's been saying. So I'm going to go Tucker has a day in the rain. Tucker's going to have a day. I'm, uh, the clean 21 is not a clean 21. It is like seven Justin Tucker field goals or something weird. Actually, when uh, somebody asks him or tells him that he's washed, this is his reaction. Hot off the press. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. Not washed. Rain game. Hits like two, three 50-yard field goals. I love, I love you, by the way, coming to his defense as much as you've been. The all-time uh, kicker hater in the world. I am a, I'm a kicker hater. I... This is what makes me like kickers, though, in my own stupid world, is that I pride myself so much on nailing fantasy football kickers every week. I am more dialed in on who's going to score fantasy points on kickers than I think anyone on earth. That is my that is my jam. Is it I, possible that you're the only person in the world analyzing fantasy kickers? I mean, no. Everybody's looking around at their kickers. But right. my biggest miss of the year was Jake Moody. I thought Jake, Jake Moody was going to be the prodigal son. I uh, think I drafted him in both leagues and whew, dropped him quick. He's having an awful. Is he year, the so. Niners guy, the rookie? Yes, yeah, rookie, yeah. rookie, third round pick. I that, thought he yeah. was going to be like that. When it, like dude, that. any any high pick, it's like I think of Roberto Aguayo, like some of these guys. It just that that never works out. <laughs> never agreed. Agreed. Oh, no, see Bass, I guess. Chad Ryland tonight. Seabass was a first round pick, wasn't he? He he turned out. Pretty oh yeah, good. yeah. He was. 
if he wasn't a first round pick and he was like a third round pick, he would have been considered like a an awesome pick. Yeah, he was an awesome pick in his own right because of just everything. But he had a lot of factors working against him. He had the early draft status, which is a lot of pressure. He had the name. I think is he he's is he native to the U.S. He's got the the. I don't think so. He's Polish, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, obviously with the Janikowski there. Uh, I don't think he was. No, he was born in. Well, I can't say that, and I am part Polish. Walsbrick, Walzik, Poland. Walczak might be my guess there. Yep, that's probably. Well, it's it's got an R and a Z, and it's W A L B R Z Y C H, Poland. Wal- Walbrick, who could say really? Warszak, that's Warszak, Poland. Okay. Uh, so born there in 1978, his father was a pro soccer player and moved to the U.S. in the early 80s. So I think he was. But maybe like four when he moved to the U.S. Okay, yeah, that's uh, he's he's really the one that I can think of that worked out. But other than that, I mean, Vinatieri, I don't think he was like a high pick. Obviously, JT undrafted. So the Anderson Stover, yeah. uh, I don't know, Jake Elliott right now probably is. A, I mean, I'm going to say Jake Kelly, Elliott's the best kicker in the NFL this year. Justin Tucker proved me wrong on Sunday, but well, he wasn't. I don't think drafted anything like that. Young Way Koo, another really good one. I don't think he was drafted. He's uh he's a North Jersey boy, Bergen County boy. Yeah. Got a couple got a couple friends that know uh know the young way. Chris but, Bo- Chris Boswell, another another really yeah. good kicker. Yeah, he, I do have Boswell him. over one and a half field goals tonight as well. I think that's free money. I, I, I somebody a couple of weeks ago was uh, these Steelers fans getting mad about Mike Tomlin makes me laugh because it's the same thing as John Harbaugh and like somebody was like the the, the some Steelers fan was like the the only common denominators here the owners Mike Tomlin and Chris Boswell have been here for a decade and somebody like somebody quote tweeted it Chris Boswell right now it's the uh, fifty cent what are you saying fuck me for like, yeah yeah Chris Boswell's been perfectly good oh, second highest paid kicker in the NFL I believe and that was talking I will to also you. say now that we're fully just down the kicker wormhole. My plan for the last like 10 years has been if I have a son, he is long snapping and he is playing soccer. He's going to play soccer till he's like 13, 14. And then he's going to suit up, strap him up and uh, try and get himself a scholarship. Trying to try to get a motherfucking scholarship. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way to go if you don't want to get your brain scrambled, but you also want to play. So, oh my God, I got clocked when I was five years old. I remember shout out to Tyler Rill on. Hampstead Ravens five-year-old team. Oh my God. He was just a brawny motherfucker when we were five. And he ran right through my face mask, like face mask, face mask. I think we were practicing like punting or something ridiculous. And I think I was like blocking for the returner in some weird way that you do when you're five. And he just went right through my face mask. I cried so hard. Mm. Oh my God. He ran through me. That's brutal. So, Brains can get scrambled. Trust me on that. Your boys, your boys, seen the the dark side of the moon quite a few times for for a quick four or five seconds. But if I have a kid, they'll play a little little soccer, develop a little bit of that quickness, and then see if they can kick a ball a little bit. Maybe play a little play a little receiver, a little corner, something like that. Not my gene pool to play corner, but my kid, we'll like, yeah, my my kid is going to be throwing left handed, and he's going to be throwing gas uh, right out of the crib. Like it's not even not even going to be a question. Love that. So we're going uh close one here. Maybe we're idiots. Hopefully not. I do have just a little tummy. I do. And you're usually the one that says this, but I do have a little tummy rumble about this game. Chargers game. I don't know what it was. The, the fan, the fan in me was sick in my stomach 
before and during that entire game. I was like about to throw up for some reason because of that game. I don't know what it was. You were, didn't yeah. matter if they lost. Like, yeah, if you, they lost, that would have been fine. Yeah, you had something going on there. You were talking about it before, during, and after. I was like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of like it's a game. You know, it's like a stupid game. It was a stupid game. It wasn't like meaningful. Really, they would still lead the division. They'd still be able to so on and so forth about their goals. I just when Zay Flowers broke that touchdown run, I was like, ah! yeah, that was, was just the I was uh, for that one. That was the um, gif of the guy with the uh, thing in his lap and the the fridge in front of him and all that. But yeah, okay, is that uh, is that a pod for this uh, this week? Is that a preview pod? That's a preview pod. The boys have Ravens winning right twenty and a half to eighteen. Okay, perfect. Yeah, well, uh, take that to the bank then. We'll put that in our, your, I should say, press box picks. And uh, everyone, uh, go ahead and bet the Ravens to, uh, you know, win the money line this week. We're all we're all in on it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, and be sure to uh, check out another pod. We got another pod that should be in your feed uh, right now today on the YouTube as well. Breaking down some of the stuff that's been going on with the Orioles. Interesting developments as far as uh, ownership and uh, rumors of a potential, uh, not even rumors really, reports of a potential new owner coming into town and supplanting John Angelos at long last. So if you are a Baltimore Orioles fan, like I know a lot of you are, feel free to check that out. Some good discussion will be sure to be had. Uh, thank you for listening to this as always. If you are not subscribed to the YouTube, uh, go ahead and do that right now. Drop us a like, drop us a comment, get the algorithm pumping. It really helps us get things going. Shout out to our guy, uh, our guy TC sent over uh, some of his, uh, some of his samples for intro music that uh, we actually are putting in play tonight. You already heard it. As the opening bumper, you'll hear it as we go out. And, uh, yeah, we'll see, you know, what happens if we stick with that, whatever else is going on with the intro music. But just needed to get something non-licensed. Uh, apologies to our guys over at Gangstar, uh, RIP DJ Premier. But, you got uh, something funky cooking, but if anybody, if anybody, any listeners, a musician, anything like that, obviously Spittin' Chicklets is massive and way bigger than us and all that stuff. But we would love to, to wrap a listener if you could throw something together or – have something already we would you think would fit the vibe fit the style we would love 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 to hear it so uh wanted to wanted to make sure we could fit the intro into the youtube but would love anything listener made or created or anything like that so throw anything our way and we'll help plug you too yep absolutely so thanks again you can follow us on social media at exit 52 podcast on twitter instagram tiktok all that I am at Jake Luke. That is L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer is at Ravens for Dummies. That is the number four. You got Taylor at Taylor Smith 10. Brian is at Barstool Banks. Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I 22. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys on Sunday Night Live. See ya. Arrivederci.